You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abitum. This is Murps. Hello. For those of you individuals who are hoping to hear from Mercenaries Extraordinaire PJ, uh, that will be for next week. PJ has graciously uh, provided flexibility and we are definitely going to get PJ on to ask him all about his mercenaries dominance and also about a lot of his other history of dominating in basically any game <laughs> mode uh, next week. But oh. this week we are going to have an arena focus uh, and really a card review focus because the mini set we now have a lot of information about. It is long overdue. So this is something that, uh, you know, Hearthstone is a little bit late on it. And the mini set is coming out very soon. Yeah, so they announced it uh, a few days ago, and then they started immediately releasing cards. And we were like, oh, is it going to be ready or not? And then as of, I think, Friday, they released all the epics, um, rares, and commons. Only the legendaries are still hidden, which is like the exact opposite of how they normally reveal cards. Uh, but we don't care about legendaries because this is the arena, um, and we will be surprised when the set is released on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this as a podcast or on YouTube, it's probably like middle of the day Monday, and it's like 24 hours, and then uh, and then the set will be released. So we have to do some emergency triggering. By the way, PJ, if you guys don't know, is Team America. He's number one um, in... Uh, uh, mercenaries he was number one in duels he was number one in arena um, and he will be here next week that means we will not be talking about this stuff next week all this dead mindset all this new rotation all this dual class we will not talk about much of that next week why because none of it is competitive in any way it is a, a, a brawl kind of event for the first week of, uh, of these new cards hitting the arena and we will go back and talk about actual strategy in the arena once the dual class piece goes away. It'll still be unbalanced. I just want to set everyone's expectations. Because uh, the Deadmines isn't just being released. It is coming with the, uh, the, the almost full rotation. The only uh, United and Stormwind is staying. And, and Corset, of course. Uh, so everything else is rotating. So all the cards will be different. The whole meta will be different. It is unclear how they're going to do offering rates. But... You can you can pretty much bet that it's going to be unbalanced. Much more likely to be unbalanced than it is to be balanced. Uh, so it's going to be kind of up in the air anyway. So anyway, our point being, uh, we're going to talk more about Mercs uh, next week with uh, with Team America here. Uh, and then go back to the arena once the actual arena meta uh, comes in. Um, like we may mention a card or two, but that's that's kind of the schedule going forward. Okay. Before we actually dig into Dead Minds, which is the mini set that they're releasing on Tuesday, we, I want to talk about what sets are in and what sets are out in the rotation that is accompanying Dead Minds coming into the arena. Um, Murphs, do you want to list out the sets that are uh, coming in and the sets that are leaving? Sure. All right. Let me just find that real quick. Will oh, I find okay. it? Never I mean, mind. no, I have it up. Oh, okay. I just like okay. have to tab. Tabs are hard. Um, okay. So, uh, when the arena rotates on November 2nd, the arena will include cards from these sets. Dead Minds, obviously, United and Stormwind, Ashes of Outland, Rise of Shadows, Knights of the Frozen Throne, Journey to Angoro, Mean Streets of Gadgetsand, and of course the Core Set. Uh, and this is also when they 
roll out the dual class arena event. So this isn't your typical rotation in which you get normal standard arena with a rotation. You're getting a double whammy of dual class event with this rotation. So the change is going to feel very extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will not have any idea of what's going on in the arena. And that's fine. It's a brawl event for a week. Um, so the sets, if you're just in case you're wondering, the sets that are leaving, that are currently in the meta, which is everything besides uh, United and Stormin and Core, is Forged in the Barrens, the Wailing Caverns mini set, Madness at Dark Moon Fair, the Dark Moon Races mini set, Witchwood, Saviors of Oldham, and Rastakhan's Rumble. So those are the sets that you've been playing with in the arena the last couple months, and they're they're all gone. So. Uh, we're not going to analyze what's actually going to happen in the arena meta because it doesn't matter next week anyway. It's all classes, uh, and and more than that, it's kind of, all the offering odds are so messed up right now. It's impossible to say what exactly is happening. But one thing that we can say with a decent amount of certainty is that we're not going back to the endless card draw meta. Why? Because that was really anchored by Skullamance Academy, and that is not coming back. So. Uh, what is coming back, though, is the other big set that was around for like a year, more than a year before that, before they, the most recent rotation took it out, and that is Ashes of Outlands. So what's coming back is stuff that you're going to be familiar with, like the Og Merchants, Vile Fiend on 2, Overconfident Orc, um, Scorpid, Raider, the 5-7 Raider, um, Shavara, Colossus. Like, those are all coming back on the neutral side. I'm not going to talk about class cards. It's just too much set to go through. Um, and I'll hit up all the, the other new sets coming in, too. Rise of Shadows coming in. That's the set with uh, Scribe and Shovel Fist. Um, it's a, a little bit uh, on the earlier side. There's a lot of good class cards in there, but the neutral set didn't really do much. Um, Knights of the Frozen Throne. Knights of the Frozen Throne, back in the day, if you remember, was when Hildenir Frostrider was in the uh, meta and Keening Banshee. Those are your overstat at 3 mana 4 4s and 4 mana 5 5s. Um, so they're, they're making a comeback. And like these days, Keening Banshee is not ridiculous anymore because there's, there's a 4 mana 5 7. Like, the, the meta has kind of gone insane on the neutral side. But um, it's interesting to have these cards back again, at least. Death Speaker is coming back, Bone Mare, the nerf version, uh, and Bone Drake, I'm going to highlight, because that will be terrible. Because anything that generates dragons will be terrible. It's not a great card uh, anymore, but it will give you more Yseras. Yeah, any way to get more Yseras, I think, is going to be very frustrating for a just a large group of arena players like people are clamoring for arena to be gone and of course there are all these ways to discover ysera right now so um i think people are going to be unhappy that, um, that, it, that freudian slip people are clamoring for arena to be gone that's true <laughs> uh, you know what uh by people you know i mean you know who's the one talking here right uh yeah so look People really, really do not like the fact that Ysera swings games. And I think it would be fine if it was only uh, drafting which got you Ysera. But we all know that is not true. And mm -hmm. there's ways in every freaking single meta. In the current meta, one of the most popular ways is like Dragon Roar, right? And mm -hmm. then once Dragon Roar disappears, there will be other ways. Blizzard has just created so many ways throughout the years to generate dragons. And... Um, there's just going to be really annoying ways to generate Ysera, unfortunately. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, yep. Bone, Bone Drake is going to be that next annoying thing. Yep. 
Um, and it's good enough to be drafted. It's oh, not yeah, like, like it used to be really good, and now it's just kind of a decent card in your deck, right? You're not, nothing special about it, except your opponent is going to get Ysera quite often from it, um, which is which is kind of sad. But uh, okay, Journey to Ungoro is coming back. That's uh, one of the earlier sets that was actually really good, uh, which includes Gastropod, uh, Wasp, Tar Creeper, Stonehill. Uh, Primordial Drake. I don't know if there are ridiculous cards Stonehill can discover in this set. I haven't really looked into it, but um, Stonehill was one of those problematic cards that would like at one point like get you Tyrion all the time or like something annoying like that. I, I don't know what the odds are uh, right now. Maybe someone's analyzed it uh, with the new rotation coming in and how bad Stonehill will be, but definitely a card to keep an eye out. Um, and then Mean Streets of Gadgetzan is coming back, and uh, that has nothing. That, that, that set has absolutely nothing. It's a very powerful set back when it came out. But it was only powerful on the class card side. On the neutral side, it was very underwhelming. And uh, so you're going to get some good class cards coming back. But class cards are ridiculous nowadays anyway. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of... Just so you guys know, have a sense of what's coming back into the meta... Um, there's no real good way to, like, besides looking up all the cards and all the sets to prepare yourself. Um, so, good good, good luck. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, just don't take uh, the next week so seriously, because it's a brawl event, essentially, right? It's all class arenas. This is not meant to be competitive. It's meant to be a nice, fun way to get you reacquainted with all of the cards in these old sets that haven't been back in quite some time. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a Keating Banshee, you know? It's been a while, definitely. Um, Ashes of Outlands, that's something, if you've been playing Arena, you should be fairly familiar with, right? Like, that's something that a mm -hmm. lot of people will remember. Um, so when you bring back something like Burrowing Scorpid, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I remember it more than I don't remember it. Uh, but there's certainly going to be some cards, um, let's say Angoro or um, uh, Knights of the Frozen Throne, where it might really be new for you, or just like a mm -hmm. a long trip down memory lane. Yep. Alright. Uh, let's move on to the exciting stuff. Deadmines. Mini set. We were wondering what's going to happen with the mini set. I think we were talking about it in uh, a few of the last uh, Light Forges, just because they hadn't really made a peep about it, and it's been uh, three months since they released United and Stormwind. Well, uh, it's finally here, and um, it's it's got a Dead Minds theme. I don't know. It's I think it's Warcraft lore related. Yeah, I, I I've never known so much about the lore, but uh, you know they have these themes. They kind of stick with them, um, and there's usually a um, theme within the general theme. Like for example, um, here as you'll see, we have these parrots with an interesting mechanic that they mm -hmm. repeat things. It's cute, right? Because parrots repeat things, and these all repeat different things. Haha. -ha. I, I just um, I don't know what is happening in the world of Warcraft. Like, are parrots just like these gigantic, like T Rex-sized things roaming around the game? They can be. There's I, enough parrots in this game now that are like very far away from like two ones or one ones, like you would expect parrots to be. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying that they're all like that, but it's you know, it's Hearthstone, right? And it's also. Warcraft, uh, these things can happen. I, I, I just mm -hmm. always say these things can happen because they can. These things can happen. All right. Well, um, so once again, legendary cards are not revealed yet. 
so we're not you know telling you about them we, we don't know and and honestly we don't care that much because it's the arena um but everything else is so we're gonna do everything else besides legendaries that should cover i think like 31 of the 35 cards or something like that okay so um first up is there are three neutral cards coming in one common one rare and one epic and because they fixed this bug like a month ago the epic bug now the rarities actually matter you actually do see for the most part right like blizzard does whatever they want with offering odds but for the most part you do see a lot more commons than you see rares and you see a lot more rares and commons than you see epics now um so once they fix that these these rarities actually matter a bit more okay uh galaka glutton is your very first uh card and uh if you're listening we're going to read out the card every single time and if you're watching this on youtube we are also showing the card um the website we're using to show the card is hearthstone top decks so thank you to them um okay galaka glutton is a three mana two three pirate battle cry destroy a beast and gain plus one plus one Okay, look. Will it hit sometimes? Yeah, it will. The thing I'm most surprised at is um, how penalized you are in 2021 for having this. Um, I'm very surprised, actually. I I thought it would be like a 3-3. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in this I day and destroy age, destroy a beast and gain plus one plus one. It would just be like, like you know, like Dragon Slayer, right? Yeah, Dragon Slayer is not even this day and age. Dragon Slayer was like a bit ago day and age, right? Pre corset, definitely. And that was a three mana four three, not a three mana two three. And it didn't destroy a dragon, but it dealt like six damage to a dragon. Right. So yeah, I think your three mana three three is is what you would expect from these kinds of cards. No. Yeah, so I was really surprised when I was like, wait, this is like a decent sacrifice that you have to make for, admittedly, I mean, a huge swing, but um, I thought the days of having to make this sort of sacrifice was gone. So I'm not really complaining. Um, it just means that they printed a, uh, a, a hate card or a swing card um, that, you know, has quite a bit of a drawback. So for us, this is a D plus. Um, that means it is like not yet a yeti, but fairly close to a yeti-ish. Um, it is draftable. Like you mm-hmm. could draft it. You there could hold it in your hand. Um, yeah, there are plenty of beasts. Uh, in order for you to get that large swing, because let's face it, it is a very large swing. Um, the problem is you might have to hold on to it for a while, and the stat line by itself is unplayably bad. It is just that mm-hmm. bad. It's not even like a 3-3 in which it'll obviously tilt the f- in favor of playing it sometimes. This, you just got to hold on to it. It's kind of like that BGH effect where it's like you might have desperate times, like absolutely desperate times where you play it instead of waiting for the effect, um, but... By waiting and waiting and waiting, it hurts the score a lot. Yeah, you have a dead card in your hand until they yeah. a beast. And keep in mind, because Barons is leaving, there's no more scorpions for you to kill with this Galaka button. Yeah, uh, other stuff is coming in, but a lot of very popular stuff is coming out. So people are just like, oh, but there's like such good hits now. You have to remember what's being taken out at the same time. Yeah. And then at the same time, you have to remember stuff like, uh, 
you know, like burrowing scorpid is stealth, right? Like yes. that, that thing is stealth. So you can't uh, target it right away. So th- there, there's quite a few considerations that you, you, you want to be thinking about here. Yeah, and even if you do kill some of these, if you're like dealing one or two damage to kill the beast, mm-hmm. that's not like amazing, right? Like you have to hit it and then you get like a slight benefit to what the card so, would be expected for three mana. So look, uh, this is quite a draftable card. Like um, I think it's, you know, like you could say it's like a C or like a normal card-ish, that's fine. Um, D plus, like if we're saying something's like a D plus, that means it's pretty close to like a C um i'd be curious if people actually think that this is like really really good um and i know even just good like sorry even just good if people just will take this over at yeti i think that's wrong like i I just flat out think that that's wrong if on the first card you would take this over at yeti now if you have four four drops already sure you may take this over at yeti yeah i think you need to swing but not not before you hit all your drops and um we're also in the age in which there's like plenty of situational cards um and it it's sort of like i I don't i don't feel the need to take this as one of my hold on to it forever and wait for a situation kind of card um whereas like you know in previous metas for example with bgh you kind of knew it was going to hit because of what was in the meta and also whenever you hit with a bgh it was like oh my god that's like the mega swing right Mm. um so here yeah i I think d plus is is fair and once again i don't want you guys thinking like d plus is undraftable it's very draftable. d plus is very it's 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 very one step below a yeti yeah Mm -hmm. um okay so uh just to refresh people on our on our uh tier list uh system uh, I've put up this graphic, and I'll, I'll read it off for, for the people on the podcast. Uh, Yeti's a C. Yeti's actually the very bottom of C, right? Like, C, each, each of the main letters takes up 75% of the entire letter, and the C plus takes up 25%. So there's quite a big range within C, and Yeti will be at the very bottom. Um, and something like Mad Bomber will be at, at C plus. Whereas B gets to what would be what I'll call old-school premium neutrals, uh, like Basilisk. Right, like these are very powerful cards. Clearly, do not belong in the same game as Yeti, but they exist. Then B plus are the old school super premiums, like Rapgoral. Like these, I, I call them old school because they were super OP in the old days. They're still OP now. Like they still push the edges of what you can recover from in the arena, but you can recover from them now, whereas before you couldn't. Then A tier starts to be the kind of cards that just shouldn't exist in neutral and are probably even a little suspect in uh, class cards and twin tyrant is our classic example of an a tier card doesn't have to be quite as good as twin tyrant um but that is an a tier card uh to give you a more recent example of uh, a a tier card we had put the old battlegrounds battlemaster as an a tier card and that got nerfed we had put Sunwall Initiate, oh, sorry, not Sunwall Initiate, uh, Venomous Scorpid as an A-tier card. That did not get nerfed, but we had also rated uh, South Sea Scoundrel as an A-tier, but that would be the very bottom of the A-tier. Um, and Primordial Protector in, in the A-tier. So those are, A-tier is pretty special. And then at A+, you're at Deathwing levels, and at S... Um, on this graphic, it says Runaway Blackwing, because that was the only example we had when we made the graphic. Uh, and, and then more, more Shan Watch Post came out that was actually in the game. And before that came out, we're like, yup, that was the S-tier card. That one can't be allowed to be in the game. And lo and behold, it was not allowed to be in the game. 
So really, A and S would all just be generally categorized as almost breaking the game to flat out breaking the game. Like, we separated the tiers. But realistically, your deck is going to be filled with C-tier cards and B-tier cards. Yep, um, and I think B is the one in which uh, people are going to relate the most about, and people are going to see a lot of cards from there and think, wow, these are like some of the best cards in the arena and the most plentiful ones, and uh, yeah, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. most of the good cards that you think of will be in the B group, and if you just look at sort of like our distribution of how many cards get A's versus how many get B's and how many get S's, by the way, which is like non-existent, um, I think the- literally non-existent. Whenever a card gets S, they take it out of the game. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. Or I mean, it's just like super toxic, right? So right. Um, the one like a great example of that, we put Arbor up as uh, S tier, yes. and I think a lot of people, you know, even though it wasn't removed, I think everyone recognizes how powerful. Yeah. And, and that's uh, because it was a class card. If that was a neutral card, it would have been removed. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Enough about this Galaka Glutton. Um, it's not a particularly interesting card in the arena. Multicaster is up next. This one is an interesting card in the arena, but it's like... Okay, I'll just read it first. Yeah, Four it. mana, three, four, Pirate. Battle Cry. Draw a card for each different spell school you've cast this game. So... Some classes really just have one spell school. Some classes have two spell schools. And some classes have a lot of their cards not be a part of any spell uh, uh, spell pool. And, uh, of course, weapons are not part of any uh, spell school. So this is one of those cards where it really depends on what the hell's in your deck. Um, in certain classes, you may be able to draw two cards from this. Uh, if you have some generators, you may even be able to draw three cards from this, but that is highly, highly unlikely. You're, it, this is more of a case where you're going to be struggling to draw even one card from this card. Because when you play it, you had to have played a spell, and generally about... It depends on the class, right? Like, if you're a shaman, almost all your spells are nature spells, uh, and, and otherwise they're tagged anyway. But if you're some other class, like warrior, for example, then even the spells that you do have aren't really of any uh, spell class. Um, so there, there is some range in this. But overall, we give this a, a C. So, like, warrior would be below a C. Shaman would be maybe a C+. Plus. Um, but it's just, you gotta think about the number of times when this is actually a dead card in your hand, because you can't, you haven't played a spell that is of a spell school yet, and generally you only have one spell school, or most of your cards are, like, you may have one spell of a different spell school, and then you're just trying to play a four mana, three, four, draw a card, situationally, and, and, and that's just not that great in, uh, in, in the current game. This card is one that is a little bit tough, just because um, cards that will differ uh, fairly significantly for different classes, um, and you're trying to average them out, and it depends on sort of like what sets are in as well. Like it's it's tough. So on average, this is about a C, um, but the the variance of it is greater than it is for some other cards, just because this is so dependent on like what sets are in and what class you are. 
Um, and uh, more so and what, what class you are. Yeah. Yeah, and what, what you like drafted to. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. It's exactly. Very sensitive. It's very very sensitive. So we'll put this in the C group. Um, you might find some drafts where you're like, this is absolutely trash. And you might find uh, in some certain classes and in certain decks, as you're drafting especially, once you're getting to the 20 plus picks, um, you think that this is amazing. And uh, I could see that. I can definitely see that. Um, Alright. So that's the rare neutral card. Now we move on to the epic neutral card. This one was a long time coming. Uh, yeah, it was. We, we, we all memed about it at some point. It is uh, Mattis Bomber. He is finally here. Sorry, she is finally here. Uh, it is a 8 mana 9 8. Yep. Goblin. 8 mana 9 8. I did not misspeak. Battlecry. Deal 12 damage. Randomly split among all other characters. You are not paying for uh, the stats anymore. What Blizzard has decided is you are paying with time. As in, like, you know, there is. Uh, a reward for you waiting this long not being able to play it and you're finally able to play it you guys know how much i love uh the bombers in general but definitely matter bomber this is very welcoming to see i think this is such a cool card um it's definitely one that takes skill right uh because you want to set it up appropriately um oh i thought you meant you need the bombs to hit the right targets well, that too. You, you got to express confidence and faith in the bomber itself in order to really uh, help it realize its potential. But that's what separates the good arena players from the bad ones. You just got to slam it down. But um, I, I do really like this because uh, 12 bombs, that's a lot. Like, you get a lot of chances. The more bombs there are, the more chances it has to kind of even out uh, for mm -hmm. you. And you're not giving up any stats, really. You know, this is offensively oriented, but it's nice. It's really nice in, in that you get, like, the stats that you're kind of supposed to get. Um, and I think that this is just going to fit into a lot of decks. You're going to draft this a lot, not because it's just fun, but because it's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. It's, um, like, think about how great Shivera is. Yeah. This is, like, a little bit weaker than a Shivera on the ability side, but rather than getting a 6-mana six 6-3, six you're getting 8-mana 9-8, which is much better. And this so, can go face. Yes. This can also be better than a Pyroblast, if you're good. Yeah. So, this is uh, a card in which uh, I think some people might see it that it has, like, huge meme potential, which is true, but it is also just a legitimately good card. Remember, a B tier is very solid. We have a lot of good cards that are in the B tier, and this is where it belongs as well. Like this is mm -hmm. um, the consistency with twelve hits is very good. It's not a hundred percent of the time, and I'm sure you guys are going to get real mad when it doesn't work out uh, once or twice. But the consistency is there, and that's why it's B. This is an old-school premium card. This is like Basilisk right now, where you're just like, oh, yeah, it's a Basilisk. But then you take a step back, and you're like, oh, wait, Basilisk is insanely good. Um, that's Mattis Bomber. It is insanely good. It's very Let's good. Let's see if there's a, there's actually... A, what do we rate B that's like a high mana cost? I'm trying to, trying to see if we have a, something like that. Like Stormwind Guard, we rated a B. Right? Like, it's just a very good card. You would love to have that card in your deck. Yeah. Um, 
Is oh, it going I to mean, like flat so... out win you a whole bunch of games? No, but but it's going to be a net positive to have in your deck, even compared to class cards. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So Mattis Bomber in the books. Uh, there's also two legendary neutrals, but we don't know what they are, so we can't we can't judge them. Uh. Okay. So for classes, we're going to start with Demon Hunter and just go down. Um. The first. Demon Hunter card is a common card. Uh, Crow's Nest Lookout. Crow's Nest Lookout, Demon Hunter card, 3 mana, 2-2 two, two demon, battle cry, deal 2 damage to the left and rightmost enemy minions. Now remember, the way this works is that if there's a single minion, it just deals 2 damage to it and then 2 damage to it again. Yep, which is pretty good. Like, the the way that the uh, Demon Hunter mechanics work like that is very, very helpful uh, for basically all the cards that do it, but it makes something like Kurtris, uh it takes it from, like, just, oh, this is pretty good, to, like, this is ridiculous, when it can just slam something for six damage as well. Um, so, with Crow's Nest Lookout, we have this at a solid B tier. It's good. Um, you can use it in many situations. Really, the only situation in which it's like not good is when everything's out of control. You can't kind of can't control, uh, you know, where this goes, and it's very important that it hit the right targets. And in that case, you're kind of just screwed, anyways. Um, so, Crow's Nest Lookout, you you just get a lot of stuff and initiative for the mana. Uh, yeah. I think that describes the B tier pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is a B tier. Um... Next up, we have Need for Greed, another Demon Hunter common card. It is a five mana card that is draw three cards. If drawn this turn, this costs three. So if Need for Greed is on the turn, Need for Greed is drawn. It only costs three mana rather than five. Uh, a little bit interesting. You get to save two mana if you play it on the same turn. Um, and it is also tradable, which is a big thing. So this card is going to end up at a B. And I'll tell you right now that if the the uh, regular five mana draw three card card, if it were to exist, and it doesn't, but five mana draw three cards would be a C. So between the fact that this is tradable and that if you play it on the turn that you draw it, uh, that you top deck it, it costs two less mana, um, it has gone up from a C tier to a B tier, which is huge. That's going up from around a Yeti to about a Basilisk. Like, that is a huge rise. Why? Because tradable is so freaking important for a card like this. Like, this is just a dead card in your hand if you need tempo. And you oftentimes need tempo. But this is a great card to top deck if you're top decking and you're running out of cards. So tradable kind of gives you the best of both worlds here. Yep. Um, I think that's a good way to put it. With all these bulky draw cards, um, and you've all, you've experienced it, whether it was uh, through something like a Nourish, right? Or something like, let's say, a Sprint. Um, part of the reason that these have never been amazing cards is because if you have it in your hand and you can't really draw uh, because of tempo, because of whatever reason, um, it really sucks. They're just stuck there. And a lot of times if you fall behind they're permanently stuck there because you never get the opportunity to use it. That's very mm-hmm. game-losing a lot of the times. Um, but because of the fact that it's tradable, that's that's quite nice. 
Alright, finally, the last Demon Hunter card is a rare card. It is six mana, Proving Grounds um, is the name. You summon two minions from your deck. They fight like each other. Yeah, alright, look, this is an F. Um, <laughs> if anyone knows exactly what meme deck, uh, or even if not meme, what deck this is supposed to go with in Constructed, let me know. I obviously don't know Constructed, um, but we don't have to discuss. In Arena, it's clearly a never pick. Yeah, if you if you are thinking, maybe I pick it and it's actually a D-tier card and I can make this work. No, don't take it. It's an F. Alright, now we move on to Druid. Druids of the almost always good cards. And Druids are going to get some very good cards. To no one's surprise. First one is Druid of the Reef. One mana, one, one common. Choose one. Transform into a 3-1 Shark with Rush. Or a 1-3 Turtle with Taunt. Uh, so you either get a 1-3 Taunt, which is a good one drop. Or you get a 3-1 Rush, which is like a Holy Smite. That's, that, that's amazing. That is kind of all you can want from a 1-mana card. Uh, and so we rated a B. It is. It's not like breaking anything in the game, but uh, it's a it's a good one drop. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, I I think people are just used to seeing this with druids, like just good choose one kind of things. The only one st the only thing stopping it is really its size. Um, yeah. Because you you get much more than you probably should, but at the end of the day, it is still just one mana. Yeah. And when you're using the the better, by the, 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 the in case it's not obvious to anyone, the better of the two forms is the three one rush. That's what you're trying to do. You would only use the one three taunt in desperation situations where you need a taunt or when you want to play it as a one drop. Um, but the three one rush is kind of pointless as a one drop nine times out of ten, which is what what kind of hinders it from having the uh, the impact. Like if you have a four drop, that's very good. Because four drops face off against four drops. Here, you have a great one drop, but it doesn't do stuff. Because it's only going to face off against one drops, maybe, but probably two drops, and sometimes three drops. So, it kind of gets... Like, that's the problem with one drops in general, right? Yep. Um, okay. Next up, you have Moonlit Guidance. We are onto rare cards. It is a two-mana spell. Discover a copy of a card in your deck. If you play it this turn, draw the original. It is a arcane spell. It's weird. And we rate it a B plus. That is the best card we've seen so far in this set. It's just really good. I mean, so first of all, you get to discover uh, a card from your deck. That's really handy, right? It can get you out of sticky situations. It does cost a little bit more. Um, but once again, this is sort of that, uh, what was that card's name? Call of the Grave situation where yeah. you want to use it a little later on so you can withstand the uh the mana cost and you can play it on the same turn uh and you also have to remember whatever card you're picking it's probably good it's probably relevant for the situation of your the current game state and board state and you probably do want another one if uh if it's like that you know like if you're behind a little bit and you draw that uh aoe and you get another aoe well would you like to have another AoE in hand because you just cleared the board and now it's their turn to populate again? I don't think you'd mind it. So, mm -hmm. 
Um, or like you play it when you have ten mana, you get your eight drop. You get another eight drop. Right. Yeah. Like this is exactly what you want. Yeah, this is really good. So, are there drawbacks to it? Oh, definitely. Two mana is like a real cost. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be annoying sometimes. Uh, but the times in which it works out, um, and it's going to be fairly often, um, really, really good. All right. Last Druid card, another rare card. Jerry Rig Carpenter. Two mana, two one pirate, battle cry. Draw a choose one spell and split it. We give this a beat. Yeah, so you're anti-tempoing, um, but you do get uh, you get card draw, first mm. of all, and you get to split the spell. We've seen this with uh, other effects. I'm forgetting the exact card name. Or like, we've seen this before, splitting stuff, right? Um, the choose ones. That's really nice because um, there are some cards that do have like really just one choice and you don't care about the other one. But there's a lot that have like really good uh, choices um, and you're happy to have like both of them in your hand. So this is a, a ton of card advantage um, in, um, in just like one card. Yeah, keep in mind that what, what's really limiting about this card is that it has to be a choose one spell. So you need it to be a spell. It cannot be a minion. So you're eliminating like at least half of your possible choose one cards, but you only need one of these in your deck, right? Um, so like you only need one choose one spell remaining in your deck for this to trigger. If it triggers, it's flat out insane. It's a loot hoarder that draws two cards instead of one, and they're spells. Spells are better than, even choose one spells that are split up are still better than minions on uh, in your deck generally. So this is uh, kind of just one of those insane cards. Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe you'll have more than like two choose one spells at most uh, in your deck. Or if you do, they're like very tiny ones that don't matter as much. Um, uh, but it, it, even with like one or two, right? Like even if this card misses sometimes, when it does hit, it's still so good. All right. Now we move on to Hunter. Uh, the first card in Hunter is a monstrous parrot. Here, here's what I'm talking about, the big-ass parrots. It is a 4-mana, 3-4 beast. It is a 3-4 parrot. Battle cry. Repeat the last friendly death rattle that triggered. Friendly death rattle. Um, we give this one a C. Yeah, it, uh, no, no. have we analyzed like the death rattles and everything? Or uh, we have not analyzed the death rattles one by one. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, you uh, can't play this on four most likely because it's very rare for you to have a death rattle by then. There's actually just like a limited amount of death rattles um, in in the game uh, that are that are meaningful. Uh, so you got to play later on. Later on, the three four body doesn't really do as much as it may earlier on and it is not a curved card at all so uh, you can control you'll eventually get a death friendly death rattle right like you're not going to go the game without playing a death rattle this is never going to be a dead card in your hand for the whole game but it will be a dead card in your hand for possibly a large part of the game and because you're not really 
like you're very rarely going to be able to manipulate what your last friendly death rattle is either because you drew the parrot and you had already played the death rattle you really wanted to trigger and your last one was a not so good one now you have to wait for another one or just because you need to play it at some point so there's like it, it doesn't seem like it's too iffy but this is actually a very situational uh, ability where it can become really good but even when it's really good, it's still kind of capped. Like, what are you getting outside of the very extreme ranges, like that 5-8 that taunt or something? You're, you're hoping to get something like draw a card. Like, yeah. that would be great. And 4 mana, 3, 4, draw a card sometimes. It's just not a big sell. Yep. Uh, I think that's that's good. Anything else we want to talk about for that one? No, I yeah. just I have a problem with all the parrots. They just they, they they do like they they're so big. That's your problem with it. Their size. Like, imagine how big the parrot would be. I, I I mean seriously, like just imagine it's a battlefield, and then there is is like not just one, but a bunch of like a variety of like gigantic parrots like flying around doing stuff. Are you talking like, about their know. actual size, or are you bothered by their stats? Like what? What do you? Well, I imagine the stats about? are somewhat correlated with their actual size. No, they're not. not like otherwise, are... okay. Otherwise, how does Deathwing get killed by twelve squirrels? Well, because the squirrels can't be rounded down to zero, right? The squirrels are rounded up to a one. Uh, the parrot is a three. That's just kind of a three. It's either a two point five or a three point five. And either way, that's kind of scary for how strong this parrot must be. It also, has four health. Like, this has got to be a pretty large parrot. Like, we're definitely not talking about a parrot the size of your head. This has to be, like, a parrot the size of your body. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. And it's not the only parrot, right? There's more of these. This, this, he, this monstrous parrot may be called monstrous, and you might think, oh, it's a monstrous parrot. The other parrots are going to be normal. That's what I thought, at least, when I first saw it. The other parrots are not normal. Uh, okay. Moving on from Monstrous Parrot. Defias Bat Blast Fisher. Uh, it's literally a picture of a, a, a dude shooting a gun into the water to kill fish. So, kind of crazy. Uh, but it is a 5 mana 3-2 pirate. Battle cry, deal 2 damage to a random enemy. Repeat for each of your beats so you're dealing two damage to a random enemy regardless and that is not a random enemy minion that is just a random enemy it could be your opponent's face and then for each beast you have on the board which is up to six you will do it again yeah look all right so we have this at an f plus three two stat line that deals two random damage is terrible what are your chances of having a beast on board? It's not low, you know, it's 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 there. It's not low, it's high. Yeah, it's high, but once again, yeah. random damage. And then what? Like, are you expecting to have more than a beast? Because you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Um and then if you have like so many beasts on the board, once again, this is we get back into one of those situations where like, oh but Murps, what if I have five beasts on the board? Well, you're probably one then. If you're just telling me, like, you, you kind of start off the turn having, like, five beasts on the board, mm -hmm. I'm like, so your opponent didn't remove it? I'm, I'm guessing you had already won, um, so it probably didn't matter at all. It's just really hard to trigger, guys. It's just really hard to trigger. And then yeah, once, It's a combo card. Yeah, it's, it's a, a combo. very 
very heavy combo card in Arena. Like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, so that's... It's rough. And look, we can think about those really cool situations where you get out the rat's nest. Uh, I think, trap. Yeah, yeah, also like a snake trap or something. Um, yeah. It's probably not going to happen, though. Mm-hmm. That's it. This is average, right? This is average. I mean, not not average. This is bad. Well, no, uh, I'm saying like our score oh, our is, score the, is average about the average situation. situation. Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm like just in case we were confused. We do no, not think this is average no, no, card. No. This is the this bad. This is card. the do average situation because you could find good situations for it. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe it's still like random enemy though. It's not even like minions to help yeah. you just like deal with the. It's it's uh, like it's a it's a blaster. It's a blast fisher. So he's not even accurate enough to aim at the water always? Like, he'll sometimes just aim randomly, like, in the air also? Like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Alright, next up we have a Doggy Biscuit. Two mana spell. It is give a minion plus two plus three. That's pretty good. Then it's tradable, and we have the beginning of our tradable pluses. So, this new class of cards have come in with Dead Mines, uh, and it's really Dead Mines' key innovation, which is a tradable card where when you trade it, not when you play it, but only when you trade it, some ability kicks in. So, Doggy Biscuit says, when you trade this card, if you trade it, give a friendly minion rush. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's like a little bit of a bonus when you uh, when you trade it in. And keep in mind, when are you going to trade this card? You're probably going to trade this card when you don't have minions with initiative on the board, right? Like when your board is clear. And in those cases, what do you want? Probably initiative. You probably play a minion, you trade the doggy biscuit, and then you get like, oh, hey, my minion has rushed now. So that's a very useful tradable ability. It's, it's like normally tradable... Uh, we, we've said this before. A card that is just tradable would be a D plus in our in our ranking system. Like that is nothing. It is an unplayable card. It can only be traded into your deck. That is a D plus. So this now, rather than having like a choose one between that card and whatever the card is, tradable is now a uh, draw a card and give uh, one of your minions a, a rush. It's like rocket boots uh, or the normal doggy biscuit. So. That adds up to be quite a quite a good combo. Um, we rate this card a B. Yeah, I think that uh, fits. Um, it's just very flexible. I, I think I would always be happy to have this in the deck. Um, you can use it in so many ways. So, uh, very solid B card. Next up, we're a mage. Okay. All right. All right. This is what I'm talking about here. Okay. Uh, you you remember the monstrous parrot? Yes, monstrous. this is this is a giant parrot. It's, this it's, is a, a, it's monstrous parrot. A titanic it's, it's parrot. A, yes. Yeah, it's a three four parrot. That's monstrous. All right. So, what do you think a six six parrot would be? Well, I mean, it the could... adjective is gray. Well, here's the thing: you monstrous doesn't always have to mean size. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Right? Fine. Like there are fine. monsters this one's just a... that are quite small. It, it's not even. It's not even just a gray parrot. It's a gray sage parrot 
So that even implies like some kind of like magic or wisdom, something that is not being gigantic and huge and like dominant. You see the picture? It's on like the top of the the, the ship thing, the overlook area on the ships. Yeah. And it like fills the whole entire thing area with its body. I like, it see is, it. It is a gigantic parrot. It is a gigantic parrot. Um, but yes, uh, and also chat is rightfully pointing out that it's a gray sage parrot, but I don't see much gray on it. That's the yeah. weirdest thing to me. Um, I mean, it's it's called like a gray sage, and I'm like, I don't know. And are 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 colors different in the Hearthstone universe? Because that doesn't look that gray to me. Alright, so it's an eight mana six six beast battle cry. Repeat the last spell you cast that costs five mana or more. Um. We give this one a D. Because remember, it's an 8-mana 6-6. Six, six. That means you can't play this card until you have cast a spell that costs 5-mana or more. And we've had a lot of uh, cards already in this game that requires you to have spells 5-mana or more. And with all those, you'll probably remember, they're actually kind of hard to trigger. Like, there's not that many spells in this game that's 5-mana or above that you want to put into your deck. You not only have to be offered it, then draft it, then have it in your deck. You also have to draw it and then actually play it. And then you want to play it again. So if it's a five mana or more card that has like a target, for example, this is terrible. Because you can't target stuff with this. It just like, it just plays it again. So it's even more limited on the kind of cards. Not just all five mana spells. Like it'll play it again, but who knows what it'll target, right? So, like, let's say you, you've cast, I don't know, I, I don't have good examples in mind, uh, but let's say you were doing, like, a Pyroblast, or, like, a, let's say a Meteor. There we go. Meteors are in... Uh, are, yeah, are in, uh, Meteors back Angoro. in. Mm -hmm. So, let's say you have a Meteor. Well, now, now you can Meteor potentially your own minions. Or it just, you, if you want to hard remove something and they have two minions, it may Meteor the other minion. Like, you just don't know. So, Meteor is a great card. You would love to cast it again, but... With the Grey Sage Parrot, even though it is a spell that's five mana or more, it's kind of bad. Yep. Uh, and that's what's part of holding it back. The other is if you're trying to play it by itself, uh, the stats you are horrendous. Can't. For the cost, the stats are horrendous. Yeah. You just you just don't get enough out of it for having to wait and set it up. It's not like the most impossible thing to set up because you just have to have played. You don't have to like you know have a beast be living on your board with initiative or some some of the other stuff that uh, get triggers. But you gotta wait for so long. It's still enough RNG to draw these cards, and then the payoff is just not there. All okay. right, so that is a D. Next up, we have Deepwater Evoker. Um, I'll read it, and then you can you can take this one. Uh, Deepwater Evoker is a 4-mana 3-4 pirate. Battlecry. Draw a spell. Gain armor equal to its cost. We give this a C+. Yeah, um, it's a C+. And uh, I think, look, uh, drawing cards are nice. Armor is more and more relevant. Uh, I've said this like so many times. Like each mm -hmm. each sort of meta, each sort of expansion. I think I always say like, look, HP armor is just becoming more and more relevant. You want that buffer. You feel less and less safe being at specific HPs. 
Um, especially nowadays where Battlemaster is still here. Yeah, it's been nerfed, but if you've been playing a lot of Arena, I'm sure you have died from 18 health, 20 health to a, a random, you know, six mana Battlemaster. So drawing cards, playing in potentially a style that mages will want to play, which is a little bit of that grindy, uh, generating, uh, you know, removal uh, method. This is fantastic um, because if you draw those like big spells uh, of which you want to play a little bit slow, you might get hit a little bit in the very beginning. Um, and then this is a double whammy because you're able to draw that big removal spell like a meteor or a flame strike, for example. And then you can just also armor up a ton. So um, mm -hmm. it, it's quite good. Uh, one of the issues is like it, it is a little bit slow. Yeah. It's a uh, it's good a good draw card uh, spell. I know that we were uh, we were pleasantly surprised by how good the previous draw spell cards were. Like think of the the shaman one, um, where you draw a spell and then if it's uh, like a nature spell something happens. Like those cards were even the ones in which you would never ever trigger the thing, like the mage one, where if you draw a uh, like a frost spell, you would get two one ones, but that would just not ever happen. It was still a very good card and a very good uh, win rate card, um, precisely because spells are just that good and that useful. Yep. All right, next. Oh, uh, you can take this one. Oh this is yeah. A, this is a card um, that, and I, I agree with you. Uh, I had it on on the very edge. I was gonna give this card a, a B plus, and Murphs wanted an A, but I was at the very top of B plus. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I think so this is like a low A, but it is an A, being our first A card. I think this is a perfect example, um, and it really touches upon kind of what makes a card an A. And remember, we don't give out S's, so A is about as high wow, as we wow. Okay, spoiler alert. We will give out an, a, an S here. We, we, we will. So you guys can <laughs> start thinking about which, which card it is. Um, but Arcane Overflow is a great example, in my mind, of a solid A card. Arcane Overflow is a 5-mana rare arcane spell. Deal 8 damage to an enemy minion, just like Flame Lance. Uh, summon a Remnant with stats equal to the excess damage a remnant is just a um it's an elemental with like xx stats so if mm. you deal four damage to an enemy minion you are summoning uh, a four four arcane remnant because that was a leftover stats if you're dealing five damage then the leftover uh damage is like three so you'd summon a three three remnant which is an elemental on your board um this is just so good there is no such thing as wasted damage. Uh, this is something that you always want to think about whenever you look at a card, for example, like Meteor. Um, and it's part of the reason why Meteor isn't the absolute best card on the planet, because what you get damage-wise is insane for that mana. Um, you'd think, why should this be possible? And it's possible because the overkill damage uh, is extraordinary like mm -hmm. uh, there's a decent amount of times in which you are wasting more damage than you're dealing um and that will just happen with a card like meteor here you are always going to be able to use it um and they reward you either way you're either dealing pretty perfect damage in which case eight 
damage for five mana, pretty good. We've seen with Flame Lance, you know, very usable. Um, and if you're just like, well, shit, I can only use this, uh, that's fine. You know, you can deal the two damage to something, and then you just summon a 6-6. Six, six. That's awesome. That's so good. There really is no weakness to this card. Uh, you get way too much for what it is, and the game doesn't punish you enough for putting you in tough situations in which this card isn't useful. The only time in which it isn't useful is if your opponent is unable to play anything or doesn't play anything and there's zero enemy minions for you to target, in which case that's probably really good for you. So a uh, perfect example of an A card, ridiculously flexible, overstatted. Uh, the only situation in which this card is not good slash unusable is a situation in which you probably won already. So uh, mm -hmm. it's just insane. Yeah, like people will first look at this card and they're like, oh, I'm going to hard remove and then get something left over. Like, no, you're going to deal two damage and get a five mana six six. Like, that's what you're going to do with this card. And it's going to be amazing because you're going to be over curved while also removing one of their smaller things or damage things. It's, it, it's, it's a, it's a silly card. Like this is the A tier level of ridiculousness that, um, um, that like, like remember, like we, we all talk about like scorpids and like how amazing scorpids are. Scorpids are A tier. They're not higher than A tier. This is scorpid level. Um, it's only going to be uh, less annoying than scorpid because it's a class card, right? Like I generally, um, I, I think A-tier cards should not exist in neutral, and S-tier cards should not exist in class cards. But A-tier cards and class cards, I don't love it, but I'm not like, like I wouldn't like ban it from the game or anything. Uh, and this just hits that spot. This is like the most powerful card you can do in a uh, class without kind of breaking the game. Yep. And it's also rare. You won't see it that often, but you'll see it enough. Yep. Uh, and of course, this uh, this card by itself, I can see it making people excited to use the parrot because this is just like you know other outside of something like a flame strike, right? This is probably just like the best thing for uh, for it to hit. Uh, remember, boxes out, so you know the parrot can't do boxes anymore. Um, but this, if you were able to hit uh, like an enemy minion and then use the parrot, that that is a dream scenario. Yes. But once again, mm -hmm. we want to make sure we don't get caught up in too many niche situations. Yep. Next up, we are at Paladin. Like, spoiler alert, Paladin's the, the, the best class <laughs> for, for this set. Which I feel like we say about half the sets that come out. Because it's just so easy to make good Paladin cards uh, for the arena. Just very, very synergistic. So we start off with the worst of the three Paladin cards. It is a Parrot. It is a four mana, three, four Parrot. It's a beast. It is Sunwing Squawker. Uh, and its battle cry is repeat the last spell you cast on a friendly minion on this. Um, on the bright side, the spells you cast on friendly minions are almost always going to be useful um, uh, on, on your, your Squawker. On the downside, there's not that many spells, even in Paladin, that you cast on a friendly minion. Remember, it has to be a spell. It can't be like a benefit that's conveyed by a minion or a weapon or something. Um, and on top of that, you don't get the initiative on it. Like, if you have a spell um, that like gives plus four, plus four, and a divine shield, that's so much better on a minion with uh, initiative. 
that you can then attack with, pop your Divine Shield and deal a crap ton of damage, than it is with the Squawker, which has no rush, right? You play it, it gets buffed, fine, but it's just dead stats sitting there. So the upside is not that high, and the downside is that you may have to wait a long time on this one. Um, and so this is a D+. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's just like how... We're, we're at the point of Hearthstone where if someone plays like a 5-mana 8-8, eight, eight, are, are you really going to be like, oh my god, that was like the biggest... You're just like, okay, they played a 5-mana 8-8, eight, eight, right? Like, that's where we're at right now. If someone plays mm-hmm. like a 5-mana 8-8, eight, eight, you're like, okay, cool, you know, it was a little bit more than I expected, but you roll with it. Like, yeah. you're so used to that. Um, and that's why something like this is just sort of like, eh, okay, you know? Um, now, if it also had initiative of some sort, like, you know, initiative is the new poggers, right? Like, mm. uh, so this thing, which um, sometimes uh, you, you are able to, like, get insane value out of it. But, uh, yeah, just think about how many times you see that 5-mana 8-8, eight, eight, whether it's, like, I don't know, some random clockwork giant that just uh, hits uh, or whatever card you want to name. Bell Reaver. Yeah, sure, Fell Reaver. You're like, all right, super manageable these days. Mm-hmm. So, um, same like uh, that's sort of like where where I get my thoughts from. Like this thing with let's say a blessing of kings, uh, and that's like a really good situation. That's like not exactly easy to set up. And even if that comes out, I'm just like, okay, that sucks, mm-hmm. but okay, yeah. All right, now we are going into the next Paladin card. This one's rare. It is a Wealth Redistributor. We are we are now drawing a clear line between the Rogue stealing, and then I think Hunters have had stealing and redistributing. And now there is a actual card called Wealth Redistributor in Paladin. It is a five mana two eight Pirate. And it has taunt. So, so far, not a particular good card. But the battle cry is swap the attack of the highest and lowest attack minion on the board, regardless of, you know, whether it's your opponent's or yours. And remember, the paladin has this hero power that generates a 1-1. Yeah. So look, uh, this card... uh, we are just, you know, going full kind of like Keeper of Oldemon now, right? Because, yeah, <laughs> yes. a, a little bit of a preview, but Paladins just got tools, uh, like, they, they just got super uh, Keeper of Oldemon level S cards in this expansion, and uh, this is just really good. Like, all it takes is for your opponent to just play, like, a thing. Let's say, like, b- because, you know, this is coming out on the turn in which five attack is pretty common, but okay, it's only four attack, right? So you are getting a five mana four eight, which is already quite good, uh, and you are nerfing or you know lowering their attack by two. That's quite a good card. Like that 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 is a good effect. You're getting a lot of benefits for five mana, and that's like I'm not saying the worst case scenario, but that's like the the pretty much the floor right like in terms of yeah i can think of some worse situate situations 
I can think of a lot better situations for this card too, mm-hmm. like a hell of a lot better situations. So uh, I think that you know this this is another example of like the the A tier. The swings, uh, the positive swings are huge. Uh, the negative swings, it's like, oh, my opponent doesn't have anything out there. Or like, oh, all their stuff sucks. Um, it's, it's, I think you're fine then. Uh, so, yeah. 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 And uh, this is it's just, that, that whole thing with like Paladin not being able to hard remove, you're just getting more and more ways to get around it, right? Yeah. And so this is a great like two card in one kind of deal. Um, yeah. Um, and w- once again, you know, it, it helps that this thing uh, passively has like only two attack, right? And you're kind of hoping you're like, uh, could you have like one attack instead? So like when you transfer it, um, you know, if it were to transfer like to another thing, uh, you could weak- weaken it even more. It's just really good. I'm like, I don't understand why it has to be this good. Like, I, I don't understand why they gave like eight health. Eight health is a lot, by the way. Mm-hmm. Eight health is a ton. Um... I also don't know why it taunts. I don't understand a lot of things. Yes. So, like, uh, how how is that part of its design? Like that just feels like it, you're you're stuffing it for like no particularly good reason. There's there's no reason it has to be this freaking good. Um, I also see people in the chat. Yes, if you are unaware, uh, it works on itself. Uh, if it didn't work on itself, it would be much worse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would be a bad card by any means, but it would be. It'll uh, still be like B plus at lowest. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the fact that it works on itself, such that if they play, let's say an eight eight, an empty eight mm-hmm. eight out onto the board, you just play this, and you're like, okay, well, I got my five mana eight eight, uh, and I just nerfed your eight eight into a two eight. Um, yep, that's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is an A. Very easy to use, and uh, the situations where you kind of can't use it, I think you're going to be okay there uh, most of the time. Okay. We are now moving on to the S-tier card. Yeah. We do not give S-tiers. I'm going to run down the S-tier cards that we have given in the past. It is... Nothing. In Stormwind. It is Morshan Watchpost in Barons and nothing else. And it is. It was supposed to be the Hunter Mount. It was supposed to be. Okay. I argued so hard for that. Yes, Murps wanted wanted that for the Hunter's Mount, uh, Uh which, you know, also a banned card. Runaway Blackwing and uh, Arbor Up. Uh, Arbor Up's range, actually. Yeah, Arbor Up's range is it's it's in it's in S tier. It's probably in S tier. Um, we 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 didn't have the A B C D tiers at that point, so we just had a number range. But it's it's probably an S tier. So those are the cards that have existed before, and we are adding one more. And and this is all from Dark, Dark Moon races onwards. Uh, before that, we we had an algorithm tier list, and we didn't like go back and re-rate all the cards. So this is uh, quite an insane card. We have not seen a card. This good in the arena that has not been banned besides uh, Arbor Up uh, this year so far. It is Righteous Defense. And it is a Paladin Rare Spell, Holy. Three mana. Set a minion's attack and health to one. 
So I forget the card's name, but there was a Paladin card that did this for two mana. Subdue. Subdue. Subdue, yes. And that was an insane card. Yeah. We, Subdue we is that card very like good. A or something. Subdue is uh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and here, for one extra mana, you give the stats it lost to a minion in your hand. So if you cast this on like an 8-8, eight, eight, something in your hand now has plus 7, plus 7. And if this is like later in the game, you can play it on the same turn. It's pretty crazy. And look, Adokta is talking about an 8-8. Eight, eight. Let's talk about just a 5-5, five, five, right? <laughs> Let's talk about just a 5-5. Five, five. In which case, you know, you would sometimes subdue uh, a 5-5. Five, five, uh, and you'd be like, okay, that was good tempo, right? Good tempo. Not bad, not bad. Um, you're able to effectively, like, deal a lot of damage, save one of your minions by value trading. Um, and then for one mana, one extra mana, you buff something in your hand by plus four, plus four. That's really good. Like, you would you would take that add-on. Because uh, that makes... Uh, basically a nothing into a something and a something into a like a death mm -hmm. one, like a giant so and, and we're just looking at this as pure stats like the thing that buffs in your hand you can't really control too well in arena but it could have taunt it could have rush it could have the divine shield it could have all sorts of stuff right yeah um so it's just really stupid. Um, I, I think chat is uh, correctly kind of looking at this and being like, wait, Polymorph, <laughs> which you know was four mana and it was pretty good. And I understand that also silence, right? Like yeah, Hex, that silences. That's Polymorph silences. Uh, so it is different. And but man, this effect, even though it doesn't silence, you know, it's cheaper uh, and. This effect is just so freaking good. Um, like, if you didn't win, you kind of lock the victory. Uh, you lock in the victory unless you just die immediately. But um, I don't know why they why Blizzard printed this card. And I, I hate the fact that they keep leaning into this Paladins can hard remove theme. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think it's very Paladin-esque. Although the identity of Paladin has been very weird throughout the years. Because it's, like, very secret-oriented. Um and it, it it's just become like just just this weird thing where yeah, i don't that, that's paladin. always what i thought of when i think of paladin in general lore is that they keep a lot of secrets they keep a that's lot of secrets clearly their identity yeah they keep a lot of secrets uh and they're just really annoying so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's paladins. um but yeah so the problem of righteous defense starts with subdue it's Blizzard printed a card called Subdue. It was fine. It didn't really cause any problems to construct it or anything. And But in Arena, it was like on the verge of being problematic, right? Like it's A tier. We don't like A tiers, but for a class card, it's like livable with. And so then they thought, well, since we printed Subdue, I forget what set Subdue is in. Um, I'm going to check it out right now. It's Savior of Oldham. So that was like two years ago, like more than two years ago. And since then, there's been power creep in, in the game. And so they power creep subdue as well. Uh, the problem is that both of these things are extremely annoying in Arena, which is subdue and also giving ridiculous amounts of stats to your hand. Because in Constructed, there's a lot of decks that just don't have really large minions. And so putting this card in your deck doesn't like really do it. In Arena, you're going to have 5-5s five at least, even if you're an aggro deck. Uh... And um, 
Yeah, so this is, it's just, uh, S tier card, S tier card. This is the new Arbor Up. Do I think that this is going to be annoying enough for them to remove from the arena? No. No, I don't think so. Not at all. This is Arbor Up. It will stay in the arena. It will be annoying. It will be really, really, really hard to balance the class. Like, if you guys haven't noticed, Druid has pretty much never been balanced since Arbor Up came out. And uh, there's a reason for that. And it's because it's Arbor Up. It is very, very, very hard because you go a little too high and the class is overpowered. And you go a little too low and the class is unplayable. And uh, so you're never going to get Druid that close to 50% win rate anymore because Arbor Up exists. Now, Arbor Up is leaving the meta. Uh, so that is that is one good thing happening for Druid. But Righteous Defense is going to do the same thing for Paladin. Uh, where unless they nerf the offering rate of this card to near zero, um, it is going to uh, make Paladins very hard to balance. Uh, I feel like it's going to start off super, super good, as Paladins usually do when they reset stuff, and then they're going to nerf Paladins to hell, because they're not going to get the nerfing right. Yeah. Uh, with this card, they might just have to do something like they did with Sap, in which they effectively adjusted <laughs> it out of the meta, such that, yeah, you can still get it, but you can't really draft it, and, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, you'll be able to draft it, um, and... Nobody just ever plays around the card because they they know that uh, it doesn't exist. And then if it mm -hmm. does exist, well, that sucks. But there was no way you were ever going to play around it. Um, it it would kind of have to be something like that. Otherwise, this card uh, just breaks people. Um, it mm -hmm. will just actually break people. Because uh, your only defense is never playing anything big, ever. And by big, I mean like a 5-5 five, five and above. So yeah. I'm not. And there's no way to do games. that. Like no, you're, there's you're no obviously way. going to like just play into this. This is not something that you can quote unquote play around. You just play into it. Yeah, um, and it just becomes really toxic. Like I think it's going to frustrate a lot of people. Um, it's just like, well, uh, for example, what was the strategy against a hunter mount? Just make sure they're always off the board. Mm -hmm. It's like ah, oh, that's all you got to do. Just make sure they're never ever on the board, and you're th th that's it, right? Uh, so it's like same for this. It's like oh, just never play any medium to large cards. It's like yeah, that's not gonna happen. That's <laughs> no. just like never ever gonna happen. Yep. All right. Well, that's Paladin. It's gonna be powerful. Uh, next up, we have Priest. Priest is gonna start with Defias Leper. Uh, one of the first, like, something about mines, uh, uh, dead mines, is that there's not a lot of normal cards. Like, really, this is a very complementary set to what already exists. Almost all the cards, like, I would say 80 to 90% of the cards are weird. Uh, so here, you have one of the only normal cards that, that they're actually printing. It is uh, Defy's Leper, Priest, 2-mana, 3-2 Pirate, so normal 2-drop. Battle Cry, if you're holding a Shadow spell, deal 2 damage. Uh, it's good. It's a B tier. Super solid. Uh, you don't have to be playing the Shadow Spell. It could be any Shadow Spell. You will draft some Shadow Spells. Um, and it may end up in your hand, even in the early game, right? Um, so you can use it. And in the later game, you can use it to deal 2 damage and then still pop up a 3-2. Um, are you always going to be able to trigger this ability? No. You will play it as a 2-drop, just a 2-drop, like a Raptor sometimes, because you'd rather do that than hold it. It's not that powerful, but for the most part, if you're not just playing it on two, it will trigger. 
Yep. I don't have much more to say about that. No. Next up is Amulet of the Undying. Again, Priest. This is a shadow spell, but it's not going to matter because it's rated at D. You do not want this spell. It is three mana, Amulet of the Undying. Resurrect one friendly Death Rattle minion. So you have to have a Death Rattle minion, and it has to die, and all this does is resurrect it. It is tradable, which is nice because you're probably going to trade it. Um, but then you're not going to be able to play it again until you get it back. So it's it's just it's all 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 sorts of uh, all sorts of bad. Um, it does upgrade when it is traded. Uh, it, but you have to then get it back so that it's upgraded. And every time it gets upgraded, you just resurrect one more friendly death rattle minion. So this requires a lot of like kind of specific setup that you can't really get in Arena where only the Death Rattle minions you have are big or something. And then you have to have a lot of card draw or card like, you know, uh, tutoring so you can get this card back. It's just not something that the Arena will be able to use in any meaningful fashion. And the base card is so bad that you'll pretty much never play it. Yeah. So this card effectively is just tradable. So look, in order for you to get value out of it, you need to basically be to have played a four mana beneficial not beneficial but like you know good death, death rattle, rattle. Yeah. yeah um so once again we're off curve like we're significantly off curve mm-hmm. uh how many death rattles are you going to have period and then how many Let's even include three mana in there. Because if you're drafting three mana Death Rattle, I'm assuming it's like a decent card. A decent card, at least. But then, uh, like, even it's if it's... still off-curve. Yeah, it's still off-curve. So, you just start to think about how many Death Rattles do I have? How many of them are bigger Death Rattles? And then I have to play it in a certain order, right? Cards that dictate you have to do it in this specific way, like this first and then this card, that's tough. So... Uh, it's just really, really awkward. Um, and lots of times you just don't have that many death rattles. And even when you like get it off, uh, it's not going to be like that beneficial for you. Or if mm-hmm. it's only like somewhat beneficial, you've already paid a pretty heavy price. So it's like, congrats, but you kind of just got what you were supposed to get rather than this like big giant bonus. Yep. It's, it's a bad card. Like seriously, don't take it. Don't try to make it work. Um, I can see it if this is towards the end of your draft and you have like at least three death rattle minions and they're all big at that point, fine, take this card. But unless that's what's happening, if this is mid draft or early draft at all, no matter what cards you have, this is not the card to take. Because even if you do take it, and you get like a good 2-drop that happens to have a death rattle, you're still going to take that 2-drop, and that messes up your whole thing. Like, this is just, this is a constructed, uh, heavy, heavy synergy constructed card. Not for Arena. All right. Finally, for Priest, we have Copycat. Um, it is uh, kind of a creepy picture. If you guys haven't looked at it, um, it's, it, it lives in my nightmares. Uh, three mana, three four beast, battle cry. Add a copy of the next card your opponent plays to your hand. So it is a spider tank, and it effectively draws you a card. It's not as good as drawing a card, but but it, it's close. So it does have the added benefit of like boxing out your opponents a little bit, um, potentially. 
but uh, so I, I will tell you guys, this is a card that I definitely like more than Advocta. Um, I don't exactly have a problem with this B tier because the the B tier is like pretty expansive, anyways. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't mind if this were like a B plus. Um, I I like this card. Uh, a decent amount but i think i'm also just giving it a decent amount of credit for that box out potential where but yes the, the box out potential is is kind of like a mirage because your opponent can also just ignore it if it wants to right it right, your opponent could. is they the could. one in control not you it's not like a secret you know no no it's definitely not a secret but once again you know they can know about things but it's still it's still annoying for them it's still not something that they want to do um, and that they potentially want to play around it. So, um, once again, I like this a little bit more, but uh, it, it's um, I, I understand why it's here. Yeah. So it is a, a B tier card. Remember, B tier is like Basilisk. Like you definitely want to take this card. You'll be happy with this card in your deck. It's certainly a good card. It's three mana, three four, and you get an extra card. Right. <laughs> like this is this is a good card. Um, but it's not like absurdly powerful. Um, I see uh, someone in chat, Baramic Chicken, talk about opponents misplaying into this by purposefully anti-tempoing and kind of like purposefully trying not to give you something like good, and and that causes. And we see opponents do this all the time, right? Like you know, say like Banshee, right? Like the opponent will just like start trying to mill you, even though you're going to kill them before they mill you to any uh, effect. So we we're not counting like that in into this rating. But yes, I do see that happening uh, as well, where this card causes opponents to misplay because they're avoiding giving you a card when they should not care that much about it. You already see that with something not as good, like Meeting Stone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You already yes. see that with Stone. So <laughs> yes. yeah, for something like this, you can you can definitely see it with something like this, where if people are already so afraid of the uh, Stone's effect, um, this is a lot more legitimate to be uh, afraid of. Yes, but it's like they could just pretend it has no effect and play, mm -hmm. and and they're going to end up in a place where, on average, your opponents are worse off for being able to see what this card actually does, which is just sad. But I I do admit that that's probably what's going to happen. Oh yeah, I think so, a hundred percent. Um, all right, now we're on to Rogue. Uh, so Rogue and Shaman only have two cards because their third card's a legendary and we don't know about it yet. Um, so they can be a little shorter. The first card is... I, I, I love this card design. Uh, it is a, a Rogue card. It is Blackwater Cutlass. One mana, two, two weapon. Remember, this is Rogue. So Rogue's already had the potential to use Dagger. So it's a one mana, two, two weapon. It is tradable. And after you trade this, reduce the cost of a spell in your hand by one mana. Um, we give it a C. So it's around Yeti level. I would take this over at Yeti. Um, I would but too. It, it, no, you know, it's just not that much better than Yeti. It's in, the, in the same tier, but I think definitely better than a Yeti. So and remember, Yeti is like bottom of C. Yes. Very it's not mid C. C. It is no. bottom of C. You can, you can treat it is. as a D, top of D plus mm -hmm. if you want. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty good. The Part of the problem, okay, it, it's a lot of small things for me that come together um, that prevents this from being higher. Uh, one mana for a 2-2 weapon for Rogue just isn't that good because they yeah. already have Dagger. So... You're taking points away there. Um, 
minus one kind of uh, cost for a spell in your hand. You have to have a spell in your hand. It kind of has to matter as well. Um, and also, like, so yes, the fact that you get a benefit to trading it is nice, but you have to have a spell, and because the weapon itself isn't that great, you're tilting it more towards the trading aspect of it. So, like, it's just a lot of things that you have to put together. I'm just like, eh, okay, it's, it's like a solid good C card for me. It's just not mm-hmm. not that much higher. Um, but it's nice. You're going to draft it. Yeah. You're, you're going to draft it. It's just... Like, if you're not playing it on turn one, you can keep it in your hand for a bit. And maybe at some point you'll need to pull it out for that one extra damage. But you're pretty much going to want to trade it if you're not playing it on, on turns like one through like two or three. And once you start trading it, then it's just still like kind of a even card right it's kind of like keeping pace with your with your deck sort of almost not even because you have to then play the spell at some point so it's it's not as good as it seems right you give this card to paladin it would be like an a tier card if not an s tier card but in rogue it's just it's not um next we have parlay i love this card too uh, it's a one mana rare rogue spell, no spell class. Uh, it is, says swap this card for a card in your opponent's deck, not a copy of a card in your opponent's deck, for a card in your opponent's deck. So you sabotage their deck a tiny bit. I, I love it for like kind of constructive purposes of just screwing over my opponent's deck sometimes. Um, but in, in arena, it really doesn't matter that you're sabotaging their deck. It's right. almost the same as one mana draw card. Almost, yeah, almost. So it's, it's one mana draw card, but slightly worse. Um, it's it's uh, D plus. It's D plus. Um, it's kind of just like a tradable card as well. Mm-hmm. So if we talked about, it's like, oh, a tradable card is a D plus ish. This is kind of where that's at. Um, not not saying it's exactly the same result at all. Uh, but yeah, we're we're, we're kind of there. Um, yeah. Not not that much to explain. Yeah, it's a tradable card. Um, all right, now on to shamans. Uh, shamans have uh, another bird. God, I forgot how many birds there were. This one is a brilliant macaw. It's a three mana, three, three beast. Uh, battle cry, repeat the last battle cry you played. So, we saw all of these birds that um, have these repeating things that you may not be able to trigger. Here's one. That is not only, like, on curve. 3 mana, 3-3. Three, three, it's bad, but it's, like, passably on curve. But it can also repeat any battle cry that you played. Which, you're going to play battle cry. Like, at any point you're playing Brilliant Macaw outside of maybe turn 3. Even probably most of the time turn 3. You would have had some kind of battle cry trigger. Um, so, this will always repeat something. Now... The problem with this card is the same as what we talked about with the mage ones that repeat a spell. Is that most battle cries need some kind of a target. You can't target with this. So you're not actually getting the value of most of the battle cries that you're playing. You have to set this up. Even though it looks like you don't really have to set this up. So a lot of the beneficial battle cries that you guys might be thinking about. That are also commonly uh, you know, commonly um, played. Let's say a fire elemental. Right? 
Uh, that's damage that you can't control there. So it, it becomes this thing where, uh, is it a good battle cry? Yes, but when it comes to this card, it suddenly becomes not a good battle cry. Or at least just a very, very uh, risky battle cry. Yep. So it may seem like it's amazing. It's not amazing, but it's still good. It's, it's good. Uh, it has it's a good. good floor of a three mana three three that does something, right? Like it's a it's a C plus. Yeah, I think this is like a strong C plus. Um, it, it just it, I looked at some of the battle cries and I'm just like, yeah, I based on that, I don't think it's a B. Um, when cards change, and once again, look, I I, I have not looked at it super carefully, um, but. This is also one of those cards that is very meta-dependent. And then uh, during some rotations, this could be much better or much worse. Uh, but for me right now, it's like a strong, like a pretty strong C+. Yeah, it's a C+. I mean, I don't know that there's a weaker strong C+. It's such a narrow range for all the pluses. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it, yeah. All right, so, uh, it's a C+, sure. Yeah, it's a C+. Um, okay. After Brilliant McCaw... The uh, other shaman card is Sucker Hook. Sucker Hook. It's like an octopusy kind of kind of thing with a giant hook instead of a tentacle for one of them. It's, this is a lot of stuff of nightmares in these dead mines. Uh, four mana, three six pirate. At the end of your turn, transform your weapon into one that costs one mana more. And let that sink in for a second. At the end of your turn, it's not a battle cry, just whenever this thing's alive and has 6 health, you transform whatever weapon you currently have into a new one that costs one more. It's pretty good. So, so like, imagine if you are a shaman and you have, like, uh, uh, an axe... The two, uh, two attack, uh, three charge axe, and you play it on, like, two, and then you use it, and then on turn three, you play a two drop, or even just hero power, and on turn four, you play sucker hook, and then you use it. Now, you still have, sorry, you can only use it twice, not three times, but you still have a 2-1 weapon, so you still have a weapon, and it's a... Uh, two mana weapon and it becomes a three mana weapon which is probably going to be something like a three two yeah now so the next turn once again guys um uh when you transform you're not limited to shaman transformations so when you transform you can get weapons from any class um and, and this also means that like you are transforming into uh weapons that could be bad, but like a lot of them are, are quite good with like some very beneficial effects. And especially when you're transforming the nub of your weapon, right? Like you've used mm -hmm. it a few yes. times. Uh, the nub of your weapon into a brand new shiny weapon, that's really good. That's like game winningly. You just got an extra, I don't know, four, five mana's worth of tempo good. And those types of swings win games by themselves yes. Mm -hmm. yes like you are getting a free already played like fiery war axe and then if it lives another turn which again it probably will it has six health like think about how annoying it is to kill water elementals uh you will get another upgrade and you'll get like a true silver yeah like just absurd amounts of value happening here and you don't have to set it up like this it's a weapon 
right? You can just play it on a different turn. You don't even have to play it on the same turn. You can, you know, if you have another four drop, you can have this guy wait for when you actually have a weapon. And you should probably wait if you have any other four drop because this is such an insane ability. Um, and it just, it, it can, not single-handedly because you do need a weapon base, but it can, like, two-handedly win you games. And if it doesn't, it's still an on-curve four mana three six. So, altogether, we give this an A. And that's only because you are not always going to have a weapon as Shaman, like, that you draw. Yeah, um, so this effect, I think some people might be surprised that, like, this is an A, um, and you shouldn't be, just because the transformation effect is so powerful when it hits, uh, that it, it actually makes up for when you don't hit with it. Because when you do hit with it, if you're hitting more consistently, then this is S tier. Then this mm -hmm. is easy S tier card. But you have to account for the you know the times in which you're not hitting. So it's yeah. only an an A. But I think it does belong in the A because you are getting a, a great stat line, a three six because it, you want this thing to survive. Um, you're not giving up anything for the stats, and uh, when you do hit with it you're just getting way too much for not giving up anything at all. All right. Uh, next up, we have Warlock. Warlock, uh, first card is Shadowblade Slinger. Shadowblade Slinger is a 1-mana 2-1 pirate. Battlecry, if you've taken damage this turn, deal that much damage to an enemy minion. Um, so yeah, there's some synergies that could be involved in this, or you could just use a hero power, and then it becomes a one mana deal two damage, summon a two one uh, later on in the game, which is uh, which is totally fine. Um, it's uh, it's a C. the The problem, of course, is that it's not really a one drop. Like you can play it as a one drop. You probably will play it as a one drop. You have nothing else to do. But a one mana two one is 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 terrible. So you're you're using it as like a mid to late game one mana deal two damage summon a two one which is decent but it's not as flexible as you might think yep cool. uh cool next one wicked shipment wicked shipment is a one mana spell tradable and otherwise summon two one one imps so one mana summon two one ones is great. It is great for warlock. It is all like you know this is a a good card. You'd rather have this than a yeti for sure. It is also tradable. Tradable in warlock is a little less useful than tradable in other classes. And when you trade this away, it has an upgrade. It upgrades by two when you trade it. So the next time it'll summon four imps, and the time after that it'll summon six imps. But no matter how many imps it summons, when you get it back, you still don't want to play it. Because you still would want to trade it. Because you probably just have better cards in your deck than ones that summon four imps. Uh, and mana doesn't matter as much at that point. So you could play it, especially if it gets up to like six imps or something. But it's, it's still like a, a potential trading target. So... Um, like, ultimately, this card really is just a 2-mana 1-1, one, one, and, uh, sorry, a uh, 1-mana summon 2-1-1s, one, and then later on in the game, you get to you get to trade it. So, it comes out to be a C+. Plus. Yeah. Like, if you want to make it a, the very, very low B, like, fine, um, but I, I think it's a, it's a C+. Plus. 
I think this is one where um, some people might be like, wait, Lost in the Jungle is bonkers good. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is like, it's bonkers good for Paladin. Mm -hmm. Um, And Paladin is a very, very different uh, play style. The expectations are a little bit different. Um, You being on the board and having multiple bodies on turn one is much better as a Paladin than it is for other classes. also, at the same time, like, uh, Warlocks already have, like, other options at one mana. So, so all of it comes together to just be not as good. So if you're thinking, wait, this is, like, just a better Lost in the Jungle, yeah, you, you are correct. Um, but Lost in the Jungle is very good for Paladins for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's Wicked Shipment. Uh, next up is Holebreaker. Holebreaker is a rare card, uh, Warlock, uh, four mana, four, three. Uh, Demon. Battlecry and Death Rattle. Draw a spell. Your hero takes damage equal to its cost. So, here's a four mana, four, three. That draws you two spells, essentially. Assuming you still have two spells in your deck. But the cost is that you're losing a lot of health. We rated this at C+. Yep. It, it, it's a lot of health lost. It's it's just way too much health lost. Um, that's really the issue with it. I, I don't want all of these extra effects that make it so uh, I'm losing a ton of health. That just kind of sucks. Yeah. And remember, when you're playing this, you're anti-tempoing, so you're probably losing even more health. So you're you're anti-tempoing, and then you're basically tr- going to take like six or eight damage. Um, and like I, I would rather just play like a four mana four three that draws me a card, <laughs> like without taking all this damage and getting the extra card. Uh, but uh, but it's a it's a C plus. It's it's risky. But it does do a lot, right? You are drawing two cards for the price of one, essentially, and you're paying a lot of health uh, in order to do it. All right. Uh, Moving on. We are now moving on to Warrior. Warrior, the first one is Man the Cannons. Man the Cannons is a two-mana spell. Deal three damage to a minion and one damage to all other minions. pretty good pretty freaking yeah. good um uh, you can look at it as a shadow bolt uh sorry dark bolt um with a uh, not really you can look at it as a deal two damage to something like an old school holy smite before it got buffed with a whirlwind attached to it for the same amount of mana yeah well people see, i think some people just see it as a swipe Okay, well, it's not a swipe because it also deals it's damage not. to your minions. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a it's a whirlwind attached to a one mana deal two damage, and it doesn't like use two, two cards. It only uses the one card, right? Yep. So it's it's like better than that. But the reason I bring up the swipe thing is because I've heard that so often. I'm like, I think we're getting into territory that's a little bit like. Look, uh, I understand people want to like really kind of accentuate sort of how good cards are but i'm like oh it's not the same thing as a swipe like swipe has some very distinct 
uh, differences that, that really do make Swipe um, the car that it is. Uh, and here, it's it's just not the same. It's still quite good. It, it's very yeah. good. Yeah, it's um, but let's good. not go overboard a, with it. Yeah, yeah, we rated a B. It's it's still a very good card, but it is it is not a swipe. It is yeah. not as good as a swipe, even though it is two manas less. Because, like, think about this. Arcane Explosion, back in the day, was a better card than Whirlwind. Like, I think everybody would agree with that. And Arcane Explosion costs two mana. And Whirlwind only costs one mana. And Arcane Explosion was still a better card. Why? Because dealing one damage to the stuff on your side is, like, one of the most annoying things. Um, and, and that's even though warriors have synergy with this kind of stuff. Of, like, you know, hurting your own minions sometimes. Um, so just keep keep that with you. Like, remember the difference between Arcane Explosion and Whirlwind. When you're thinking about, oh my god, man, the cannon is so good. Uh, it's It's good. It's, it's definitely good, but it is not, like, a super amazing card. Uh, in fact, all of these types of cards for Warrior that, like, deals damage to everything in a way that is anything above a 1-1 damage, they're not as good as their counterparts in other classes. And that's because Warriors shouldn't really do it like that, so they always have this kind of vague inefficiency kind of cost built into their cards. So it's still good. But but you're not getting what you would get if this card was like a mage card or a paladin card or, you know, whatever, shaman card. Okay. Next up is Defias Cannoneer. Uh, this card is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three pirate. After your hero attacks, deal 2 damage to a random enemy twice. So deal 4 damage to a random enemy. Um... We rate it a C. Uh, your hero has to attack. And this, again, is random enemy. It is not random enemy minion. That means your opponent's face is fully in play here. And it is otherwise a 3-mana three 3-3. Three, three. So, you do need a weapon. And warriors are not, like, a fountain of endless weapons. Uh, they, they actually uh, are not constantly weaponed up. They're not like a rogue. Um, there's somewhere between a rogue and like a paladin. Um, and uh, yeah, um, if you can make sure you have a weapon, this card is better than that. But you will rarely be able to have that kind of guarantee. Cool. Okay, next up, finally, it is Blacksmithing Hammer. Uh... Blacksmithing Hammer is a 4-mana 5-1 weapon. And that is very bad. Because you can buff your attack by 4 with 2-mana. That was Heroic Strike. And it was like a good but not great card. You could turn yourself into a Steel Rager, effectively. Uh Yeah. Yeah. We all know how great Steel Ragers are. Um, and, and for way more mana. But the good part about it is that it is tradable. So, you have a tradable card that is also a panic button. Sometimes you just need the initiative. And you will pay 4 mana to deal 5 damage to something and take face damage. Sometimes you just need 5 damage of reach. Um, but when you don't, you trade this away. When you trade it, it gains plus 2 durability. 
So in the rare case that you trade it and then you draw this card again somehow later on in the game, it actually becomes a kind of amazing, like, you know, finish the game kind of, like, weapon. But for the most part, this is like a just trade this card plus. So it is a uh, very low C or it is a very high D plus, however you want to look at it. Yep. Uh, I think that's fair. Remember... A tradable card by itself is a D plus, and um, this is a bad card. If you trade it and you get it back, yeah, that's nice. Two durability, that's nice, but you know, like you can't really expect that. Um, and the initial card, you're just paying a little bit too much for what you get out of it. So that's that's it's just a little bit um, unfortunate that the base card is just that bad. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna go back and update the amulet of the undying, which we had given a D, but okay. it should be a D plus. Oh yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because it can be traded. Right, right. So I, even though like, our thing is, you would never play it like normally, right? Pretty much. Uh, right. But like, if this is gonna be a, a low C, that one has to be a D plus at least. Yep. Uh, so. Someone in chat is describing it as a fireball with upside. I don't know how that description would come from this. So it deals one less damage, you take phase damage, it can be taunted, and it has no upside. Oh, the tradable is the upside. Um, no, very, very different. Very, 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 very different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like unless you consider like a fiery war axe a fireball. Which it's it's not, um, like fire war axe is not a three mana fireball. A blacksmith hammer is not a fireball with upside, or or even like a, a whatever deal five damage would be with upside. The fact that it's a weapon is is very bad. Okay, those are the cards. Um. All right. Yeah. So this is uh dead mines. Um. I don't know. I, I thought it was a lot of interesting cards. You, if you look at our average ratings, it's a whole bunch of Bs and a whole bunch of Cs, as we normally get. This is not a particularly great set, but it's also not a dud. Um, you will have these cards. You will use these cards. There's a lot of class cards, almost no neutral cards. So you're not going to like see them super often, um, but it's certainly not like an amazing or a terrible set it's kind of what you would expect out of a blizzard set like blizzard made a relevant mini set uh righteous defense is going to be bad in the arena um i don't know what they're gonna do about that card uh but the rest is is fine and even righteous defense like yeah it's an s tier card but it's not like like it's like arbor up as far as the s tier card goes like it is an S-tier card, but it's not, like, anywhere close to what would be, like, an S-plus, right? Like, they're not, like, going totally bonkers with it. They're just past the line of which this card should not exist in the game. And we always see negative consequences, at least in the arena, when a card that should not exist actually does exist. Always. Every single time. I've, I've, after uh, they... they uh, took away Battlemaster, um, or they nerfed Battlemaster, I went back and looked at our calls of, of like, you know, uh, what, what the Grinning Goat has called and what the Lightforge uh, tier list has called in the past. And we are, like, super high. I, I think we had maybe one miss out of, like, 
almost definitely at least a dozen calls of cars that were just like this should definitely be removed and then if you look one layer lower the cars that were like this may not necessarily be removed but it would be terrible for arena it was all terrible for arena unanimously agreed upon by anybody who plays arena uh so it's not like this is like rocket science or that it's like oh we're just really good at predicting like we may be really good at predicting but that's because this is predictable like it's just a giant logic and math problem right and for some a card like righteous defense you don't have to math it out too hard to know that it's going to be ridiculous uh and and it will be and i mean the game has survived arbor up righteous defense is not that much worse than arbor up um the game will survive it too even if blizzard never touches it uh it'll just make paladin difficult to balance and it just it just shouldn't be in the game like it's it will still be a very good card that is a tier if you raised it by one mana yeah so so why is it is it at this mana cost who knows who knows um all right anything else you want to talk about i'm trying to think and i think even at six mana righteous defense would be an above average card in your deck or at least an average card in your deck I think it would be an average card at that point. Yeah, an average card in your deck. That's probably right. Um, And and that is double its mana cost. Mm. So that's how far off Righteous Defense is from the average card in the Arena deck. Um, It's fine. It's fine. We survived our rub. We'll survive Righteous Defense. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Uh, Any any final thoughts about uh, Deadmines? No, um, I don't. Look, uh, you're just not going to feel the effect that much. Like, you rarely feel the effect so much from the mini sets. And plus, it's dual class. So, you're going to have a good time in dual class. You're going to be surprised at the stuff that's coming back. You're going to be like, oh my god, Burrowing Scorpid is back. More so than like, oh, we have the parrots now. Um, and so... Yeah, like I'm always gonna be like, oh, we have the parrots now. Every time I see a gigantic ass parrot. Well, we do have the parrots, but like you know, just thinking about what is going to be you know drafted more often and and uh, kind of more impactful, something like a scorpid, right? Um, yes, something like a scorpid is going to be hugely impactful. So, uh, yeah, just enjoy dual class arena if that's your kind of thing. If you were looking forward to playing it. Uh, definitely enjoy it because it won't be here for that long. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, um, or, or if you're like me, you hate all class, avoid it. I'm, I'm not even going to like. I mean, I will play because I need to do my quests, but I will only play for the for the quests. After that, I am not going deeper into this dual class meta, which is why we're doing Mercs next week. But uh, the one tip that I will have on dual class arena is that there will be these broken combos that you know you won't be able to like get away from because. The game's not meant to be dual class in any way, shape, or form in its design. But no matter what class you end up picking and having fun with, the number one card in this entire meta that's coming, and this is dual class and this is after dual class, it's going to be Galaka Crawler. That's a Journey from Ungoro card that is a 2-mana, two 2-3 two, beast, and it has a battle cry that says, Destroy a Pirate and gain plus one, plus one. Dead Minds is kind of a pirate set. And there are plenty of pirates that are in the meta. And so Galaka Crawler, for a two-mana card that just destroys a pirate, is going to be insane. Um, like, this is not a card that you should look at and be like, oh, that's a good two-drop. 
this is a card that you should look at and be like, this is one of the best neutral cards in the entire set. Yep. Like, in the entire, like, game. Because of the new meta that's that's going to come in. Especially, and I don't know if they're going to do this, or probably not, but if they give, if they somehow give Dreadmine, uh, Deadmines a, uh, a offering bonus, it would be even more uh, insane. Because you saw the Pirates. The Pirates are pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. When the first time Galaka Crawler came around, I, I played Arena a ton at that time. I can maybe remember once that I was able to get off its effects and it was kind mm -hmm. of a meme right it was just a meme you literally never ever saved it you always played it for tempo because if you had ever saved it that was just a throw that meant you were terrible at arena we've now reached the point if you look at a lot of these cards if you just also look at the pirate because blizzard has been focusing on pirates not just for this mini set yes. like for in the past few years they've been mm -hmm. focusing on pirates now um you saving the Galaka Crawler, I'm not, you know, turn two, that's rough. Like, you, 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 depending on your deck and everything, I don't know if I'd save it on turn two, but for a lot of other turns, uh, like, oh, you could either hear power in three or play your three plus a Crawler. I'm saving that Crawler, man. Mm -hmm. So many good pirates are out there now. Some of the best cards are pirates. I'm saving that thing. Like, just like how you don't tempo out BGH in the previous metas, you do not tempo out Galaka Crawler. That thing will win you the game. Even before this, I remember there was a meta where Angoro... It wasn't that long ago. It was like maybe like a year ago, maybe less than a year ago. But a journey for Angoro was back, so Crawler was back. And Amalgam was in the game. And Amalgam became worse than a Yeti. Because Galaka Crawler existed and people would take it just because it was a two-drop. Not because there were a ton of juicy other pirates. But because... Amalgam is in the game. You have to take Amalgam. It even taunts, right? It's just kind of better than a Yeti. Uh, you're hard-pressed not to take it. But then you would get Galaka Crawlered, not an insignificant amount of times. Um, and that created this really big swing in the game. So it's it's like that. But now you get a, a wider variety of, uh, of, of pirates. Um, yeah. Um, it'll be... Uh, it won't be good for the game, but it'll be, I guess, I guess, fun to see Galaka Crawler have its day again. If you see Galaka Crawler, draft it. Like it is in your best interest to draft it and draft it fairly high. Mm hmm. Now, yeah, I'm trying to look at the pirates. Uh, yeah, like Southie Scoundrel is out. Sword Eater is out. Um, Harbor Scamp is still in. Um. There's just a, a lot of the the normal ones from like because there's Forge in the Barrens was a big pirate set, so that is out. But some of the wild pirates are are going to come back in, and of course the current set is pirate heavy. Nah. Okay. Well, this this Wikipedia site is not actually functioning. Um, okay. Whatever, just keep uh, keep an eye out for uh, for for Galaka Crawler and the pirates. Even if there are no other good pirates, just the fact that the the Dead Mines pirates are going to be in the game should should be enough to keep Galaka Crawler happy. Uh, all right. That's it for this week, then. Uh, shout out to our Patreons at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you guys so much. Um, and uh, we will give some individual shout outs next week for our top patrons, as well as have uh, Team America on to talk about Mercs. Um, if you are a big fan of Dual Class Arenas, we are not really going to talk about that, but we will come back the week after that and kind of talk about 
the new set and the new rotation and the meta uh, in the arena, um, you know, once the dual class has, uh, has rotated uh, yep. out. All right. That's it. This is this has been quite a lengthy review for just a lot of pir- uh, pirates and parrots. Uh, but hopefully it was helpful. I hope you guys enjoy the dual class arenas. Once again, get in as much games as you can if you're interested in this kind of stuff. Because you're only going to get a, a few days with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next week, this is Adwikta. This is Murps. See ya. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week. <laughs>